Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for the next few moments with your word, Lord, and we pray that you'll speak deep into our hearts, Lord, because we need you. Uh, you know what we need most. Uh, and firstly, that is you. And secondly, there's some other things that we need to work through. But reveal to us, Lord, our hearts. That we may see ourselves, look, uh, maybe look in a mirror and just see the work that you are doing and the work that we believe you are going to do in the future. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. We're continuing looking at this series of God is what? For me. God is for me. We need to believe that. If, if we have to just be week after week, in a sense, convinced of that, then it's very awkward or difficult even to expect something from God because we just don't think God's for me. Why would God bother? Or there's someone more important. So I want to begin by, by uh, introducing this next topic, and I just want to say something. Uh, anybody been to Thailand? Okay. There's a, there's a, a particular fruit, and I'll, I'll, before we don't put the slide up, please, just yet, but I went to Thailand, and... Uh, the missionary leader brought us to this house near Myanmar, Myanmar, and we had to meet these new people in this house, and they were leaders from around the area. It was a, it was a wonderful time. They put out all this food, this banquet, and here we are as guests. And then comes dessert, and they open this exotic fruit, and my goodness, I wanted to throw up. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not eating this. I'm not going to eat it. And I'm like, Lord, how do I not be rude now? How do I just... And I'm, I'm praying, can I fake a bad stomach or something, you know? I need to get out of here. It was foul. Now, there's no way I was going to eat it. Now, I don't know about you. Do you try things new? I'm this guy that goes to a restaurant and I order the same meal. Gabe, Gabe tries all this exotic stuff and eats crocodile and Gabe will go catch it even. That's how, that's how fun food is for her. Not me, I'm just like, I'll just have the same. You know, maybe a steak, chicken parma, or the, uh, what we had there before, the chicken, uh, chicken, thank you, yeah. <laughs> so I may just go for them. All these other menus and offers are available, but I'll just go for where I just feel safe, what I just, I'm familiar with. So, so there's no way I was going to eat this this food. This food is called Doronae or Doneo. There's a couple of different denunciations of it. And there's, a couple, there's, and there's a whole heap of different sizes and that. So they cut this fruit up and I've got to eat it. And I'm thinking, Lord, this would be a right, great time right now for the rapture. <laughs> and these people, we're their guests, we're, we're, we're really honoured guests. So what do you do? I am... Um, I'm thinking, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. And I'm serious about the smell. The smell is, is that bad. Let's have a look on the screen, you'll see. In Thailand, this food is particularly actually banned in public ways. So on, on the trains and in public spaces, the fruit is banned. The smell is that bad, it will put people off. You won't go there. I'm, I'm not joking. In fact, I said to Gabe, gee, I wonder if there's one in Tassie I could find, get it and open it up, but I didn't think that would be a good idea. I don't think it would even be here. So anyway, uh, this fruit was, was okay until it was opened up. And once it, the skin was pierced, uh, then you've got to eat it. And so there they are, they're eating it. And here you are, Louis, and I'm like, ah, I want to... So anyway, the missionary 
who I only know for about 10 months, so I haven't known you forever, the missionary leader said, Louis, it's okay. Forget the smell. I couldn't, couldn't forget the smell. <laughs> couldn't forget it. He said, forget the smell. Just, just trust me, he said. You will like it. I said, have you tried it? <laughs> have you eaten it? He goes, yes, I have. It's okay. It's really nice. So I did, and it was nice. <laughs> was it, it could have been nicer if it wasn't for the smell. <laughs> How can you eat something that smells terrible you know, and, and enjoy it? But anyway, I say that because uh, trust. How do we trust God? New things, different things, something we're familiar with or unfamiliar with. How do we trust? See, did I eat it because it was a test or a dare or a new experience? I didn't want that. Because I looked nice? Well, it doesn't look too bad. Did I eat it because of the smell? Absolutely not. I ate it simply because I trusted the guy who said, it's okay. That's why I ate it. That's the only reason why I ate it. Forget the smell. Forget maybe the appearance. Forget the environment. Have a go. We're continuing looking at the promises of God. That God is for me. Seven and a half thousand promises uh, are said to be found in Scripture today. Today we will talk about the essence to believe God means including understanding and believing his promises. There are many of them, so many related different areas. But do we believe and trust God? Because of his promises, can we stand strong? Just by the way, those who put their hand up for Thailand, have you actually eaten the fruit? Anybody eaten it? Phil, you have. Yeah. Can you attest to the smell? Smells terrible and nice. Thank you. I would agree. How'd you get over the smell? You haven't. You haven't. <laughs> Eat it quickly. I get that. Uh, it was foul. It was foul. And the only reason I ate it is because uh, I've been promised other foods at times from, from uh, uh, different people, and it's, uh, it's always risky. And that's, that's the, the thing I'm working through. But when I trust the person who's offering it, it makes a big difference. Have a look at this Psalm 56, 9 says, Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me. Isn't it amazing? Speaking really a sense of trust. Psalm 56. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 says, The Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you, uh, establish you, sorry, and guard you from the evil one. So the next few moments we're going to talk about trust, but I want to talk about God's faithfulness. Because, we, because without trust, it's very hard to even want to believe, extend belief to the fact that is God faithful? Is he who he says he is? And that's how we discover how God is for me. That's my journey. At the start, when I gave my life to Jesus, I wasn't at that place where I was immediately uh, trusting God for every situation. Because I haven't experienced God. I hadn't seen him work in my life. I gave my life to him, but it was, a, it was a journey. Same for you, I know. See, there's no point discussing the promises of God if we fully, cannot fully trust God and his promises to us. See, to truly know God can only occur 
when we can trust who God is and who he says he is. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, it says this, Therefore know, therefore know, in brackets, without any doubt, and understand that the Lord your God, he is God. I believe that. That's for me. That means I, I'm willing to die with that conviction. I'm willing to die with that conviction. Because he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his steadfast loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. I want you to know something. You should just be, have a sense of awe and endowment of just, wow, how great is God. He is, when we can trust, he is faithful. He is full of love. He is love. This is our promise. This is great news. We can see right throughout Genesis to Revelation, the journey of people discovering and trusting God. Putting their faith in God. Living it out day in and day out. And that's what we have to do. We have to trust God. See, even when things aren't going our way, we have to trust even when the plans are not clear, we trust. Even when our hopes and our dreams are dashed, we trust. Because he is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. And that way we can stand strong knowing God is for me. Trust is a very small word but carries great significance. It is linked to what we both believe and how we feel. We trust, we believe, and we even at times we'll feel safe. The word trust means to have confidence, connected very much in the family of faith, to be confident, to be bold, to be secure, to feel safe. Even, it says, to be careless. Because we know that our dad has got it all in control. We can be a little reckless because we know that God is good. Just because we don't understand him fully, never will. Trust is this assured reliance. God is trustworthy. As I read, someone said trust is not exactly the same as faith, which is the gift of God. Rather, trusting is what we do because of the faith we have been given. Trust is believing in the promises of God in all circumstances, even when the evidence seems to be contrary. The classic verse reminding us of trust is what Proverbs 3.5 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We wrestle with that, to trust or do I lean on? Do I, do I trust or do I, I lean on? I, I believe God, but, but do I really? He's really good, but is he really? The question that many will have about our God, the questions that they will have is that, that pertains to his nature. Is God who he says he is? Is he really good? Then why have we got evil? If he's really good, why do we have sickness? If he's really loving, why do we have such pain? That's their argument. Those who trust the Lord are blessed. Psalm 37, 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you desires of your heart. Commit uh, everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. What a great promise. That's a promomise. Louis, I'll go, Louis, trust Jesus more. 
Jeremiah 17.7 says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. So let's just kick off here in Psalm 89. It's a psalm really about God's faithfulness. Psalm 89, I just want to look at the verse, two verses here and just unpack it a little bit. hope this blesses someone this morning. It says this in verse 1, I will sing of, of the Lord's unfailing love forever. Young and old, we hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is, in, is, in, is as enduring as the heavens. Trust is birthed in this place of intrinsic revelation of who God is. An assurance that's so certain, so reliable and so dependable. So how do we stand strong? Because number one, God is for me because his faithfulness is worth celebrating. Verse one, I will sing or I will praise the Lord's unfailing love. That's what we're doing today. We're saying we're going to worship you, God, because you are faithful. Many times in, in Old Testament, they would set up different memorials, whether it be ceremonies or acts of crossing the water, setting up stones. or Why? To remind God, people God is faithful. Right throughout Scripture, it's just again and again, remembering that God is worth celebrating. And that's what we're doing today as we come together. Firstly, we stand on the promises of God and remember what he has done and we trust him for what he can do. I thank him for the salvation that he birthed in me. I thank you for the family and friends that he's blessed me with. I thank you, I thank you that he is faithful. And in that place, it leads to other uh, expressions of our worship. If we fail to celebrate uh, God already for what he has done, we are certainly going to fall into discouragement when things don't work out right. So don't get out your Bon Jovi of living on a prayer. Hungry like a wolf, Duran Duran, or even Come On Eileen. They're all nice songs, by the way. Get your worship on. Get your worship on and, and come on Eileen. Anyway, I want to go there right now, but don't do it uh, because there would be a mass revival at that door. Anyway, Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2 and 3 says, Come before him with joyful songs. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Worship the Lord with gladness. In Psalm 101 verse 1 it says, I will sing of your love. When we put our focus back on remembering who God is, when we worship and sing and take time to reflect on God throughout our week, we elevate him to the position he needs to have in our lives, in our hearts and our minds. And we said, Lord, I don't, I don't like what's happening. I don't understand it all. But you know what? I'm going to worship you regardless. I'm going to worship you. As the psalmist is saying, I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love. Young and old, we hear of your faithfulness. Verse 2, your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. Maybe put that on a wall somewhere and just remind yourself when things aren't looking great, sounding great, feeling great, that God is greater than what you're going through. We can stand strong because number two, God is for me. Why is he for me? Because his faithfulness is worth sharing. Look at verse 1, part B. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. 
How will they know? How do my children know? And their children know, and our grandchildren. How will they know God is faithful if we don't tell them the stories of God intervening in our lives, saving us from sin, saving us from, from hell, saving us from circumstances of ruin? How will they know? Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. God is saying, like, am I good or what? <laughs> Tell others who I am that I say that I am. Why would we want to keep the promise to ourselves? We believe in a generational church. If you're, if you're older than me, and I'm 54, we want to learn from you. We want to hear from you. We want, to, we want our generation to learn that the separation between one generation and the next is, is, can happen very quickly. And they don't need that. We need that faithfulness and that story and that understanding of what you've seen God do. And we want to hear that. Josie, I know we talk about Josie. Josie told me wonderful stories of where God was ministering and delivering her and Neville in their missionary work. How I know that unless someone tells us? How do we know that? Not to keep it up and shut it up in, our, in ourselves. Young and old, we hear of your faithfulness. Don't you love that? Oh, I think that's great. We spoke a few weeks ago about how no one can thrive in isolation. Sharing in faithfulness of God with others is a sure way to keep our hearts burning with the right fire and love for Jesus. We lose that fire. The fire goes out when we're not talking and celebrating who God is, when we keep it in. I think it's Jeremiah says that, this, how can I keep this word in? It's like a fire within my bones. How can I keep this word in? People need to know we, there's an opportunity where we can share that. Sharing with others helps to strengthen our faith as well. As we call out and talk amongst each other the goodness of God. Psalm 22, 22 says, I will tell my people what you have done. I will praise you in their assembly. And number three, we can stand strong because I know God is for me because the faithfulness of God is guaranteed. Verse 2 says, your unfailing love will last forever. Look up that word. That word last forever means forever. Just, just want you to know that. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. This is the game changer. Is what we believe, isn't it? We believe God doesn't change, that he is who he says he is. He is faithful. We've been singing about him this morning. Why everything else can change. One thing you and I, we need to be on the bedrock to know that God doesn't change. His promises are true. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Very easy to hear the words and the echoes and the sounds in the, in the corridors of society saying the very opposite. Don't listen to it. Don't let it feed your spirit. Don't let it go in. No. Your unfailing love will last forever. This is the game changer. I love it. They say uh, there's a few things in life guaranteed. As the old joke said, death and taxes. <laughs> um, well, let's add another one to that, the faithfulness of God. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold tightly. This means securely, to take possession of, white-knuckled, gripping on, holding on, without wavering to the hope that we affirm. 
not being wavered, not being discouraged too easily, too quickly. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. All through the Bible we see these examples again and again through God's word, even when unexpected. And yet all through the Bible we see God's people forgetting his faithfulness. Book of Judges, yeah, we repent. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Everything's gone wrong. The enemy's coming to take us. Oh, no. Oh, let's pray. Oh, God, God forgives them. Oh, God, I pledge my life to you. Next minute, right back again. Let's forget God. Everything's going well. It's going good. Life is cushy. I don't really need God. If I, if I do, he's like the, you know, we pull it out in an emergency. No. And yet God keeps coming back and says, I'm faithful, even when you are unfaithful. I struggle with it. I, I, I get it. I read it. I can, I, that, that's too big for my brain. Even when I, I do everything, I could do everything wrong. I could ignore him. I could despise him. I can, I can do all these things, and yet he's faithful. His, his faithfulness is bigger than that. We're so quick to dismiss when things go wrong that, that, that God's against us. Sometimes there's, there is, sometimes things, there's consequences of our actions, yes. But it doesn't mean we need to read straight into it and say God's against me and he's got this big stick. That's just wrong theology. Second Tim 20, uh, verse 2, sorry, not 20, verse 11 says, This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Hang on, listen to this. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. He cannot deny himself. How is that? He cannot deny himself. We are answerable for our consequences and our bad choices, absolutely. But he cannot deny himself. So we need to live on the front foot, not the back foot. We need to recognise that his faithfulness is our hope. It's our stronghold. Here's a couple of thoughts. In 1 Thessalonians, it ties these all together. 5-4, the one who calls you is faithful, he will do it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. As we just shared, for he cannot disown himself. Hebrews 10.23, we read this again, but just tying it together. Let us hold unservingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Look at that. He is faithful. He's faithful. Whatever is going on, whatever is going on, God is faithful. Are you believing for your miracle? Are you believing for God to help you? Are you believing for God to intervene in your life and circumstances and family? Are you? Yes, believe. Because he is faithful. And we trust him with the results. We trust him with what's happening. We've been sharing that the last couple of weeks. Trust only remains a powerless word if we don't know Jesus. We don't know him in our hearts. To trust means that we need to relinquish all our inhibitions, our fears and our worries and our past doubts and hurts, our failures, our burdens, even our controlling natures and even stubborn ways. We need to lay them down. We need to surrender. 
Many of you will know this. Lamentations chapter 3. His mercies never cease. Great is what? His faithfulness. We sing it. Great is his faithfulness. They are what new every? Thank you. Great is your? Faithfulness. So like me, eating the fruit, very hesitant, unsure, uninterested, didn't want to eat it, didn't want to cause offence, somehow really prayed for a very upset stomach or something so I could just get out. But not so, but I'm glad I did. And the only reason I did is because I trusted the missionary leader. I trusted he meant no harm to me. And friend, that's the level we have to go. We have to trust God that he means no harm for us. We trust him when we don't understand, when it doesn't smell great. And maybe it doesn't look that appealing. Hmm. Yeah. When we turn all our cares over to the Lord, we learn to keep handing over continually our cares. When we understand God's ways, if we can, and acknowledging his presence, understanding his ways are always higher and we're always learning. When we wait to see our old ways that pass away and that all things become new, we're always learning that God is preparing us in a season for something. So let go of what you think you know, because just something amazing might happen when you let go and you trust God. Let's maybe go into this week thinking about it. Maybe our prayer could be, Lord, where am I not trusting you where I need to? What has changed? Why am I not at that place where I trusted you? What has shifted? What hurt? What offence? What brokenness? What distraction? What tiredness? What weariness? What is it? And maybe, maybe we all can reflect this week on how good God is. I close with these few words. Commit to trusting. You can trust God because he proved himself faithful and therefore is worth celebrating. And as you celebrate him, it reminds you of who God is. People who, who fail to worship and acknowledge God, it doesn't take long and you forget. You have to be married, don't have to be married too long to forget praising the partner and, and uh, see how long that lasts. You can trust God because he loves you throughout every day. His faithfulness is worth sharing. You can trust God because he's proved himself to be sovereign in your life. You don't even know what God has done and how he's intervening in your life right now. You don't even know what activity is happening right now in the spiritual, right now over you and your family and loved ones. You don't know, I don't know. But we trust him because he knows. Because he is our God and we can trust him. We can trust his character because he's proven himself with the promise of Jesus, the Messiah, even that promise and all its dread and everything else that happened. The promise still came true. We could unpack promise after promise, scripture after scripture. Where it started, where it was fulfilled, we'd be here for a long time. I can do that. I've got the scriptures. It's easy. But you can do that as well. He remains faithful throughout all generations. Let's close. Thank you, team. Let me pray for you. Lord, we're learning today that you are for us. Sometimes it feels so selfish, but if we don't know you are for us, then it feels like it's already uphill. We're already starting behind. 
So you want to remind us, Lord, that you are for me. You are for us, individually, collectively. And I ask, Lord, why everything is, is going on in this space right now, that we are custodians and to declare who you are. That conversations, Father, give us conversations, give us opportunities in the streets, in the highways, in the byways, with our neighbours, with our friends, with the mums, the dads, the people we come in contact with in our run of uh, our work or business or home life. Lord, help us just to be constantly reminded that you are faithful. When we hear a story or something sad, Father, that we're aware of, that we can just bring hope into that. We can remind them and share our story of your faithfulness, how you have been faithful. It's not blind faith. Seeing with the eyes of our heart, it's seeing what, God, you have already done and what you are doing. So, Lord, I pray, help each one of us, Father, to not get distracted, not to get caught up in everything else, but to see you right now in that midst, see you working. As the songs we sing talk about, we see you working, that we can what? Speak Jesus. That we can just be people who are expectant in the midst of whatever's going on. Know that you are faithful. I'm standing here because you, I know, God, you are faithful. You saved my life. You called me out of the pit. You called me out of the trouble. You called me out of the bad life. You called me out. And I'm standing here today as a a witness to your promises that you are faithful. And many times I've been faithless and unfaithful, and yet you have remained true. So I humble myself. We humble ourselves and we acknowledge you today. Lord, your faithfulness is worth celebrating. Your faithfulness is worth sharing. And your faithfulness is worth declaring because it lasts forever. Amen. Let's pray, my God.